Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Joining me, uh, I guess, as usual on Fridays. It's been a couple of Fridays that we've done this now. It's been like every other Friday. Yeah, Colin hosts uh, Josh Hart. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm joining you all from uh, wonderful Rexdale. Mm-hmm. Um, visiting my, well, my parents' house. They're not here, but needed the car. So I'm up in the, in the end. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful day. Aside from seeing your parents and things like that, what's your go-to when you go to Rexdale? Uh, Drupati's at uh, 27 and Finch. It's like a roti place. Okay. I'm going to go there today. Okay. I don't know. Go for a walk. Go to the Humber Arboretum. Yeah. Um, that's really, those are the things that I have to do if I'm in, if I'm out this way. I feel like Rexdale's reputation has improved over the years. I, I used to hear always negative things about Rexdale and like nowadays, maybe I'm not hearing as much. I mean, but, there was uh, like a guy who like there was there was that's there were like two murders that uh, were uh, presumed to be connected. It was like there was that weird news story uh, in the summer. People from the GTA, I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, there's you know it's still it's still Rexdale, <laughs> but uh, it's you know it's home. It's where I grew up. It's where I, uh, you know, me and uh, me and the Fords and uh, yeah, the most famous nice. <laughs> Rexdale residents. <laughs> me, the Fords, Nav. Jellystone, Rexdale. That's not <laughs> that's bad. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> that's honestly not bad. That's that's not bad. as a claim to fame. That might be better than a. And Tobacco. PK Subban. And PK Subban. He's from yeah, yeah. Uh, across the street. Actually. There you go. Shout out to Malcolm Subban. Briefly attended the same high school I did. He went uh, to MCI for like a year. That's pretty good. before PK hit the league, and he's like, "All right, yeah, I'm outie. <laughs> I'm outie. I don't need to be in the gifted program." Um, <laughs> All right, we're here to take Raptors questions. Um, as always, I've uh, have asked people to send in uh, Raptors questions on Twitter. Um, a lot of people did, and there's so many questions. Apologies, we can't get to all of them. Some of them I've kind of aggregated together. So a lot of people asked about Giannis kind of questions. A lot of people asked, honestly, Paul Watson. People are very high on Paul. Um, so I put those together. But uh, let's start with Kate, obviously. Um, Shout out. And- hey, Kate. You know, number one caller into the call-in show. This is currently not a call-in show, but close to it. Uh, Kate asks, yep. did Masai just pull off the slickest public tamper of all time? Obviously, she's referring to the second episode of the four-part open gym uh, inside the bubble series where randomly um, they just showed some footage of the 2013 uh, Raptors draft room. The Raptors, as you remember that year, did not have a pick because Brian Colangelo had used traded a future pick in 2012 to acquire Kyle Lowry. That pick went to OKC by way of Houston in that James Harden deal. That was the 12th pick. OKC, uh, in, instead of trying to trade the pick, they kept the pick. They used it on Steven Adams. Uh, the footage shows Masai making calls, trying very hard to get OKC to make their trade uh, and a trade out of that pick. Then Masai tried to trade with Minnesota, who had the 14th pick. Minnesota decided to keep their pick as well to take Shabazz Muhammad. 
who you might remember from the rookie transition program in which he uh, expressly brought in visitors, <laughs> even though that was expressly not allowed for a three-day weekend. It was, was a three-day weekend, man. Yo, like, come on. So, he had, like, the most infamous one. And then the guy that I think surpassed him was who leaked Adam Silver's phone number a couple years ago? Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I've, yeah. What, I have no idea what rookie did that, but that was, like, the worst rookie story I heard in forever. Um. Adam Silver phone number. Yeah, I'm going to look that up right now. But anyway, so uh, th- that, that that footage was just conspicuously added. Now, Open Gym, the idea, at least if you follow the story, was that they wanted to set up Bobby Webster. Uh, Michael Porter st- Jr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> oh, of course. Man. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's hilarious. Goodness. Sorry, we yeah. got to answer this question. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so oh, I guess in the narrative of the Open Gym episode, it was supposed to set up and introduce Bobby Webster. Um, and it shows his story then, and then it shows a little vignette of uh, Bobby Webster making coffee in his own big face coffee version, uh, what he, which he called Cafe 416, which honestly I'm surprised that there's not an actual Cafe 416 in Toronto. It's like a, like a, like a, really overpriced weed dispensary or something like that um but (laughs) what did you think because clearly you don't need to introduce bobby webster after seven years at the job yeah i have no idea who they thought it's like it was it's almost as if it'd be one thing if like espn produced this documentary Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't because the raptors didn't win the title but like everyone watching open gym is very familiar with who bobby webster is um yeah, I don't. I like. I I found it very difficult to watch the open gym documentary. I can't focus on anything. COVID and Zoom fatigue has broken my brain. But mm. um, oh, Cardinal, see, can't focus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, do I think it was like the most iconic tamper job in uh, history? Um, no, I think the most iconic tamper job right now is what John Horst is doing by spending whatever his exorbitant salary is on to drive up the line on Raptors landing James Harden. It's, it's clear to me that that's what happened. What's happening. And John mm-hmm. Horst is trying to alienate Giannis from the Raptors by saying that the Raptors are, you know, but by, by driving up the, the odds that the Raptors are bringing Harden into the, to the fold. Cause you know, those two guys are, are uh, sworn enemies. It is really weird that they're sworn enemies. Um, Cause I feel like their games would actually pair well together fantastic like if you put Harden and Giannis together I think you win an NBA championship yeah skills marry perfectly but they yes. hate each other it's unfortunate um yeah I mean uh I, I you know what I just think it's I just think it's a I don't know how high this goes I don't know if Masai specifically watched it um and told him to put that in there or anything like that but yeah. I, I do think the open gym crew obviously they're very attuned to what the conversations are around the team they you know they know what's going on um actually first off even just aside from that part of it like just salute the open gym crew for um, going down there getting all this footage it was as you remember the, the, the every single nba team was only allowed like around 50 people to go inside the bubble mm-hmm. so that was a really really difficult process to even i think get a camera in there and they obviously the raptors decided to get a cameraman in there um shout out jeff rocky but yeah, I mean, he was in there and he, he captured all this footage. And, and this man was working overtime. Like, he's working with the media as well to, like, set up the Zoom calls and stuff like that. This guy's working, like, all the time. So, like, first off, salute yeah. the Open Gym crew. 
uh, but anyway, I just think that like they, they know what's going on. They know the conversation around the team, and it's cute. I don't really see how it hurts anyone. It gets people excited, and um, yeah, I mean, look for me. I'm personally building a portfolio of all the times Masai has talked about Giannis at all the time. Giannis has talked about Masai. It's getting pretty long now, man. I could probably put out like a 15 minute YouTube compilation at this point, but um, but you know, we'll see. I'm, um, Giannis has not uh, signed a supermax yet, which is great officially. Um, I don't even think he did. I don't think it's a secret. I don't think he signed it. I don't yeah. think he's going to. Well, I mean, they Sad. asked him about it after he was away for the entire offseason. And as you remember, the Bucks had a very long offseason after pretty much getting swept for the second year in a row. Uh, and Giannis was in Greece. He was traveling. He was doing some vlogs in Stockholm with some random YouTuber. Yeah, it was not very good. Same really guy that fought ASAP Rocky, probably hanging out with Giannis. Uh, all right. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he came, he comes back. He finally talks to the media, and that's the first thing he says is, "I'm not focused on the contract." Like, and he says, "It's it's up to my agent to talk to the Bucks and to negotiate." And I'm like, "What are you negotiating?" You know. So yeah, I don't I don't understand. I don't know why Giannis hasn't signed. I I mean. It's so much money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I mean, the thing is, the weird thing is, he could just get the same contract next year. So if he wanted to, he can get the contract next year. But I think for a lot of players now, uh, so except for the Supermax gets you to earn the, te- you know, your, your salary is based on how many years in the league you play. The Supermax allows yeah. you to earn um, what you would earn at the highest level, which is what you can get after 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Giannis is already in year seven. This is coming up on year eight for him. So he would essentially, if he didn't sign the Supermax, sign somewhere else but sign a shorter deal and then sign again after 10 years of experience, he could essentially get the Supermax at that point. Uh, and so you're really only talking about a, a difference in salary for two years. I think that's kind of a little bit of a weird nuance with the Supermax is that a lot of players might not necessarily be as enticed by it because you're only giving up a short-term um, loss in, in, in salary. But um, yeah, we'll see, man. It's an interesting thing. Look, I, I just, uh, I just want to honestly thank open gym for doing that because it gave people a lot of hope. I think people were really losing hope after um, the Bucks acquired um, Drew Holiday for a package that they could have it turned out to use on James Harden. <laughs> oh, no, there's like the I think I think whoever works in Bucks PR or like it's it's got to I wonder if it's making Giannis angry. Like, do you think he sees James Harden wants to go to Milwaukee? And he's like, of course he would, or he's like, keep him away from me. Because, like, I think they don't like each other. I, I really, I genuinely think they don't like each other. And and B, I just feel like that was just, it feels very thrown in. You know what I mean? Yeah. What part of James Harden wanted to, <laughs> screams he wants to go to Milwaukee? I just think, I think the, yeah, the agents yeah. just, they threw more names out there. So he didn't look so, you know. Yeah. It didn't it, look so Daryl Morey directed. Yeah, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this as Bucks liner. I mean, like, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, Chris Taps is in the free agency market. He wants to come to Toronto. And I was like, huh. You know what I mean? But, like, no, he didn't. I don't think he really did. I just think people just add no. more names into the mix and stuff like that. I think what's clear is that James Harden wants to come to the East Conference. I think that's yeah, that's, that's quite clear. Yeah, He wouldn't. Because LeBron Nobody's getting past the Lakers. Like, yeah, yeah. I Damian Lillard is, like, a guy that I, you know, really admire in the NBA. But he's his, his, his prime is kind of, you know – like it's not gonna 
there's no there's no route I think to the Portland Trailblazers getting past this Lakers team in the next three years, and I don't think Damian Lillard is going to be Damian Lillard three years from now. Yeah, it, I also feel bad for Dame because as good of a playoff player as good of a player he is, like yeah, teams just aggressively double team him in the playoffs, and his yep. effectiveness just drops. Like he's hit some incredible shots. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. the strategy's kind of out on how to stop Dame, unfortunately. And it's yeah. the same for a lot of small guards. Like the, the people used to do that to Kyle Lowry, and this was yep. like many years ago. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's the first question. Second one comes from Ronald. Ronald Lowe. This is uh, almost my dad's name. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Raptors have lost a lot of assets without getting anything back over the last two years. He, he mentions Danny, Kawhi, uh, yep. both the big men, Serge and Mark. Does this color how management looks at pending free agents uh, in Kyle and Norm? Uh, especially if they falter this season? No, I think the Raptors organization still, I don't, I, I still, I think in the near term, the uh, necessity would be to like rehab the image they have amongst other players. The like DeMar DeRozan trade was like universally, you know, people felt kind of sick about it. DeMar, DeMar Carroll situation went terribly. It was a huge car crash. I think that the Raptors treating their free agents and pending free agents well and not trying to trade guys who want to be here uh, against their will is not something that's happening in the near term. I think if Norm, I, yeah, like I guess Norm's in all these trade conversations, but you're going to have to work that out with him in order to avoid like, you know, sour grapes. Yeah. It's been kind of interesting to see. I think the strategy the Raptors have because I think other teams kind of refuse to let people walk without getting anything back, um, and that's maybe one school of of management. I think for the Raptors, the Raptors are generally cool with letting people walk if a their playoff performance isn't that great. Um, I think yeah. that actually factors a lot into it, uh, and then b if they have a replacement ready in the pipeline, and then and then c is just like any sort of future planning, right? And I think. Different scenarios work there. So, like, they let Danny walk because, realistically, Danny was not that great in the playoffs in 2019. He wasn't terrible, but honestly, you know, he had some terrible moments. Um, but they let him walk because they – In a game they six. Had, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, they, he almost threw the, uh, the the title away, unfortunately. But we love you, Danny. Um, you know, uh, the Raptors had replacement there for Danny. Kawhi, the, yeah. Kawhi just walked. You know, the, yeah. there's nothing you really could have done about that. Kawhi wanted to go to L.A. Well, I guess actually he didn't even want to go to LA. He just wanted to go to San Diego. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the two bigs, I mean, I think honestly, they they could have kept either one if they just chose to pay more money for them. They decided not to give them that second year. That yeah. forced them essentially to walk elsewhere. And yeah. And I, th- I think, honestly, I think really, if you think about the previous free agents who have walked, you know, whether that's, um, you know, uh, Patrick Patterson, for example, he walked, um, Bismack Biombo, who walked. Um, all these other guys, like usually the Raptors have someone in the pipeline who's ready to replace those guys as they yeah. as they're walking. And I think they had that with Gravis. I think they had that with um, with uh, with Pat. Uh, you know, they had that with uh, Bismack. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. in terms of what happens with Kyle and Norm, I don't think it's necessarily detrimental if they lose them to just free agency. But um, yeah, I mean, the only time they've really made one of those like we'll salvage some. Uh, picks and stuff out of the uh, out of the player before they walk is probably Gravis Vasquez, but honestly, I think Gravis was pretty vocal about he wasn't necessarily happy at times, you know, and 
I don't know if he was thrilled about his role in 2015. And also the Bucks were giving up two picks for one year of Gravis Vasquez. Like that was kind of a no-brainer, to be honest. Was it Damari or Corey Joseph that had a pick coming back? I thought the Raptors got a pick back of one of those. Damari Carroll had money on his contract and he had to attach yeah, a pick. The, the Raptors had to attach some picks to, to but, do that. Yeah. Did Corey Joseph just sign or did he did the Raptors trade him? No, we, we signed and trade him to uh Indiana, Indiana. for CJ Miles, yeah. Oh, that was that. And we didn't get a pick back with CJ Miles. I know that we needed to get off the Corey Joseph money, or we the Raptors organization needed to get off the uh anywho. This is Yeah, that I'm was not just, a, yeah. I think that was just some sort of like salary decision. Um also they yeah. had a lot of point guards then and they, they recognized that, you know, Fred was ready to take a step. I miss Corey Joseph on the Raptors, even though he was kind of bad a lot. But very average, he was aggressively average. But I liked having him around. He's like, yeah, he seemed cool. He was like, he's from the GTA. Yeah, what a number six. He's going to be great on uh, Sportsnet whenever he decides to do that for a bit because he's very telegenic, extraordinarily handsome, very handsome, Uh, very um, smiley. I wonder if he, yeah, I wonder if he decides to do media because he should. Man, I. I often think about how some rapper from this We the North era is going to do press for one of the big two broadcasters. Hmm. And I feel like all the options suck. Uh, it, it was shaping up to be Danny. Back, but Danny wasn't around for long enough. It was shaping up to be Danny, but then the playoffs, I think, hurt his reputation a little bit. It would be awesome if it was Fred, but I just, I just don't see Fred doing TV like that full time. I think Fred has a lot. No, of Fred's gonna like interest. coach or something, or like be I don't know the president of Citibank. Yeah, Fred's Citigroup. going places, man. Fred's going places. <laughs> I like I like Fred. Yeah. Uh, next question from Derek Andrews: um, How do you think playing in uh, large empty arenas is going to affect the quality of play versus what we saw in the bubble? So, as you remember, obviously no fans in the bubble, but you had those like um, huge display systems that kind of encased the players, which um, I think helped the TV product a little bit. Yep. Because A, you're not seeing um, just empty stands everywhere. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be possible with the season coming back. Um, to be honest, for me, I've been watching a lot of soccer. There's obviously only recently have they started allowing fans back into the EPL and very, very small numbers, like 5% capacity. And these are cavernous, you know, like the, like Liverpool, for example, they can seat like 60,000 people in there. That's like three yeah. times as big as... Um, the uh the air canvas center like what they've done is just they put up banners to cover up the seats which i think actually does give it a, a cool little uh touch mm-hmm. you know obviously you know it's empty but you know you can put messages on there so they've had like thank you to the national health service um you know they've had obviously just like club banners which is you know something that's cool obviously in, in football like there's just there's lots of banners that are associated with each club so they're able to sort of pack some of those together uh, at least did a Liverpool like I I don't know if you can fully replicate that in the NBA but I would like to see the seats covered you know the one with like Kyle's face on it from like but it's like younger Kyle when he had short hair and was a bit puffier in the face you they'd run it across the like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you want that <laughs> you put all those flags together. I mean I know I know they have huge flags okay like you know they have that huge Canadian flag that they like you can the we the north one too yeah, so just you know, I don't know what you what you would ship that in, but like ship that to Tampa, put it up. I just want to see empty seats, you know, because that you, that just looks terrible. Yeah, visual. I agree. It'd be cool if they had some like like world flag thing 
I'm thinking of, did you watch Amine perform on Jimmy Kimmel Live earlier this year when uh, he was on that hot air balloon? No, I didn't. I know you have. The, really? No. I mean, well, I like ask, Amine, but you know, I didn't. The person you li- yeah. Ask your roommate. I'm sure that they've seen it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But Amine performed in this like hot air balloon with like the world's flags. I thought it looked cool, and it's kind of Raptorsy. There's mm. like not there's like five guys from the same country on the team, and that's it. And that's kind of cool. So he did so one of those cool like have... those discount um, World Cup <laughs> soccer balls. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what that's what that's what the Raptors should play in. Oh man. <laughs> I miss the World Cup, man. Honestly, World Cup around this area is great, man. Because I live around yeah, a lot awesome. of por- Portuguese, Italian people. Obviously, like you probably won't find people more passionate about the World Cup than around Portuguese and Italian people. Um, yeah. So the thing I was going to say about empty arenas is you're going to hear a lot of clanging when uh, Chris Boucher is pulling up from three. In empty oh, come arenas. On, come on, man. No, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> against that now. I'm, I, I'm against that. I'm on the Chris Boucher is uh, is is the breakout star of the season. Um, I've, uh, no, uh, I've already uh, got quotes. I'm, I'm writing a story, baby. It's 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 coming breakout out. star. I mean, I think he will be a okay, not a star, surprise. but like, but yeah, of, like he will. Yeah. yeah. In terms of guys who have gotten bigger roles out of the team, I think Chris has gotten the yeah. biggest opportunity. Um, yeah, for sure. I like Chris. I also learned that he bought a jacket from a guy that I know, uh, Justin Scotland, <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. Like, like a secondhand jacket. To, no, like uh, like uh, Justin, uh, First Kings Clothing. I'm sure you can find it on Instagram. He makes like clothes, and uh-huh. Chris Boucher bought one from him. And he, he like posted an Instagram story with him like sizing Chris Boucher at the ACC. And oh. I've seen Chris wearing it. I'm like, that's cool. Like Justin's from Rex. He's from Rexdale, and it's cool that uh, Ju- uh that he's uh, Jesse's from Rexdale, and I'm, it's cool that he uh he had that you know opportunity and was able to deliver anywho shout out to chris boucher i'm sure he has a good season in store mm-hmm. i don't like his three-point shot and i think he's gonna have to take a lot of them and that's gonna be kind of a uh, rough scene i mean it is a bit of a random shot i'm not gonna lie uh yeah. some side spin on that um yeah but i believe in chris i believe in chris i'm, I'm flipping my tune um this one from uh, riley do you think Malachi Flynn will make a serious impact this season the way Tyler Hero did last year for Miami? I think it's a little optimistic. Um, Tyler Hero impact? No way. Tyler Hero averaged but... 13.5 points, four rebounds, four assists. He shot 43% from the field, 39% from deep, 87% from three. <laughs> His on-off numbers aren't as good as you maybe would expect, but obviously he had a really nice playoffs in terms of moments. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I don't think he'll get a, a, an opportunity. Just, as come on, as Tyler, man. Yeah, Malcolm Flint is not starting a game in the finals of the NBA. <laughs> Shout out to Malcolm. I'm I'm, I'm excited. I I do. My answer to the question is yes, he'll have an impact, mm-hmm. but not Tyler Hero level impact. That's like, I don't know. Like, I mean, he. Yeah. L- okay, Tyler. Okay, so Tyler in the playoffs scored. In double digits for every single game except for Game Six of the NBA Finals, where the, the Heat ran out of gas. Every yeah. single game he was in double digits, and he only started in the Lakers series. <laughs> that's impressive, man. That's that's, <laughs> yes. that's pretty impressive. Like Tyler Hero had like Tyreek Evans kind of like production towards the end of the playoffs. Like it was it Tyler uh, Tyreek Evans is a rookie. Like it's that's like it's never gonna we're not seeing that stuff from anybody this year like 
no, it's not. It's it's not going to happen. If yeah, it's like unless you're saying Malachi Malachi Flynn doesn't have um, Tyler played like the kind of guy who wins Rookie of the Year through the playoffs and into the finals. There's not a route without a big injury to Fred or Kyle, knock on wood, that Malachi Flynn's going to have that kind of opportunity mm-hmm. or role to have the kind of production that wins somebody Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think. Well, a I just you, you got to give Tyler a lot of credit for what he did. Um, but yeah, I think he got a Jack Harlow verse. <laughs> he got a whole song, man. He got a whole song. A whole song. <laughs> it was fine. It's a pretty good song. Jack Harlow is not an embarrassing uh, rapper. All right. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. But um, but honestly, I, I just think a couple things worked in Tyler's favor. One, playing with Bam Adebayo, I think really helps the guards. I don't think Kendrick Nunn is as good as he is. I don't think Tyler is as good as he shows without Bam there. Um, and honestly, like, I, I just think the fact that you can play with someone as dynamic as Bam, as a pick and roll partner on those dribble handoffs, all those things really elevates your game. Um, yeah. And I think B, like, being a shooting guard also helps. I know Tyler created a lot of his own offense as well, but um, mm-hmm. I think being a shooting guard and, and your role is to score. Uh, is good and also he's a little bit taller than Malachi he's a more natural scorer than Malachi is um I'm not even saying necessarily on ability I'm just saying a lot of things worked in Tyler's favor in addition to the fact that he had a lot more minutes and opportunity than than Malachi did but you know I still expect good things from Malachi I think he's going to crack the rotation by seasons then I know Nick is being hard about it right now but that's that's just Nick he wants people to earn everything and um you know that's that's where he's at right now. But I, I honestly, I, I think he's, his skills are quite polished. We'll see what happens over the course of the year. Obviously, I think a lot of things have to go in his way. He has to, you know, maintain his confidence. You know, he has yeah. to obviously maintain his health, everything like that. His game has to adjust. There's a lot of questions, but I'm pretty confident. He seems like a really, really serious dude. And um, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm always I'm always more confident in someone if they just appear really, really serious. Yeah, because you know that they're committed. Serious. Yeah, I do think that I do. And I do think that Malachi is going to have the opportunity to play because I'm not a hundred percent confident in Fred and Kyle giving you a full 72. I think one, both of those guys have not significant injury histories, but they're known to like have a sore wrist or a foot or Kyle's back. Um, Things like that kind of happen to those two. It's, it is what it is. The team seems more committed than in previous years to managing them through the season. And Mm -hmm. I think if you're having Norm Powell come into the starting lineup to spell Kyle or Fred if they're missing games, Malachi Flynn's going to have the opportunity to be a bigger contributor with that second unit where there's um, like negative playmaking currently. Um, so I think that I think he has he has like an opportunity to mm-hmm. play some basketball. I'm excited for him. I think he's he's like seems like a yeah like like you were saying very committed focused guy. Yeah. Um, I thought Nick had a really great way of saying the second unit lacks playmakers. He, he what said, did he say? He said yesterday, after I asked him about Chris, he asked, he said, the offense will be generating the shots for a number of people rather than a certain player generating the shots for others, which I'm like, so <laughs> you guys are going to be running like a triangle <laughs> so offense. <you're... laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty bad, but uh I mean, they're going to have to play defense, run. I think Malachi fits with all that. 
but I mean, it's just, it's a slow, it's a slow build. I think very, very rarely do you see rookies come in, make a huge impact on the, on the Raptors. Um, Yeah. Honestly, TD last year was like the closest thing to that. And who? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) What are we talking about? Uh, Next one from Parmvir. Um, Two questions. If the Raptors do sign Giannis next year, uh, would a Giannis and Siakam duo work? Are you worried it might create spacing issues on the floor? I think it creates a little bit of spacing issue. Um, And I think you do need to sell one of them on playing the five full time. But at the same time, Nobody scores on that team. <laughs> Nobody ever scores on that team. I'm not that worried. Uh, I don't think you necessarily need an elite offense to win the NBA championship. I think you if you have an elite team. defense, the Raptors yeah. will have the number one defense in the NBA if you had Giannis and Siakam in the duel, especially if you also had OG at the three. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone is scoring on that. The only thing is you got to sell one of them on playing center, which OG, listen, you're kind of the play center, even though you're the shortest <laughs> of the three. And offensively, I think they will do enough to, to figure it out. I, I really do believe that. Yeah. I don't think there's anything broken with Siakam's shot. And I honestly think that yeah. you get Giannis training with a coach like Nick, who has um, done a really good job of helping people shoot, not only in the NBA level, but in, in previous levels. You know, in his book, he, he basically detailed how he manufactured a basketball called the nurse pill that uh, – he designed specifically to help people learn how to shoot. I think you give Giannis one of these nurse pills and he's not necessarily, you know, gripping the basketball. Like he's trying to commit, like summon a Kamehameha and like, he'll shoot better. I think he really will. Also, I was really surprised. Cause like, well, when I was watching Giannis, like warm up a lot um, throughout the course of last year's playoffs, this guy was like, really, he, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand how he was making like 85% of the shots on the range and workouts, the way that even some threes, and then in the game, he was—you just would never shoot those. I don't understand, but I think it might be a confidence issue for him too. <laughs> I honestly think they can unlock it, but most importantly, their defense would be insane. And it wouldn't even be like a okay, it's a Milwaukee Bucks situation where no one could score on Brook Lopez because he's so big and he's always at the rim. Yeah, I think they would actually be able to play different styles. You could play yeah. any style; it, it'll be incredible. So I'm not too—I'm not as worried about the spacing issue. It's like, yeah, if you, if you bought a Ferrari. Are you worried about people? Are you worried about it getting scratched? It's like, yeah, I guess. But, like, I also have a Ferrari, man. I mean, just, you know. <laughs> it's All you have to worry about is area employees uh, committing time theft. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing that I was going to add is uh, when you said nurse pill, I thought of Senzu beans, and then you made your own Dragon Ball Z joke. So. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. No, but seriously, though, the way Yana shoots right now, the, the pressure that he puts on the ball, I'm sure. <laughs> it's going to warp the ball, man. He just squeezes it so tight. I don't understand. Um, and then the second question, if they do sign Giannis, which one star player would you want to team with Giannis uh, with that the Raptors could realistically trade for? Honestly, I think if Giannis does sign a free agency next year, the nice thing is um, you would have most of your – you have pretty much all your young core. Yeah, the yeah. So I think you at least let it run for one year, and then you see what happens from there. If there is a significant weakness, then you can move it around, but – yeah, I don't. I don't like. What would it be? I mean, it'd probably be shooting. So maybe you like make a play for Beal or something. But it would also be a little bit harder to make that thing happen. Although you would have tradable pieces in Fred and Pascal to make that happen if you needed to. So you know, but you would need to probably trade for another guy rather than sign him. It's a good question, yeah. though. It's, it's a good question. It's a good question. It's a good, good problem to have. We've hit the Giannis part of the podcast. Every every single podcast has like twenty minutes on Giannis. Uh, that's one from Phil, Phil Jang. Uh, 
we know Matt Thomas is our indirect line to Giannis. They have the same agent. Uh, that that agent, by the way, was photographed with Masai Ujiri in Toronto <laughs> with the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, obviously, you know Masai was just putting on the full court pitch to sign Matt Thomas uh, for sure. Uh, OG is our indirect line to LeBron, both in clutch. Who else on the team can Masai use to send messages to superstars? Who does McCaw share agents with? I actually did look up McCaw's agent. Uh, didn't really see other major stars other than Jeremy Lin. Maybe McCaw brought in Jeremy Lin for us, but uh, yeah. The Matt Thomas Giannis thing is hilarious, to be honest. I mean, I think they signed Matt because he's a great shooter, but also it is quite funny that they share agents. Yeah, that is odd. Mm. But I mean, you gotta like your agency has to have not only the best player on the planet. Well, that would be clutch, but you know. Yeah. One of the very best players on the planet. Um, I do. I do feel at this point my feelings would be kind of hurt if Giannis signs, but then so much of that depends on what the season looks like. Mm. But yeah, like the last few days, like since the the closer we get to the twenty first, the more I'm like, is it really going to happen? Is there are there? Is it really going to? Are we going to have a crazy free agency? Just this upcoming off season with one of the best players on the planet of it being available. Cause that doesn't happen that often. It does not. And it, like it, the, it has never happened where the Raptors have won that player. So, but you never know. This is probably our best shot at it. Um, by the way, I looked it up. O'Shea Brissett his his agent uh, is Mike George, um, who represents a lot of Canadian players. Um, you know, the Raptors also had – he also represents Jalen Harris as well. So, that's two players on the Raptors. Uh, Rondé was on the team last year. He represents Rondé. Um, Jamal Murray's on that list. You don't say. I just – I look, I'm you know, I mean, I think you don't necessarily need the agent line. You have Nick Nurse to tamper with uh, Jamal. But, I mean, honestly, I think we're looking too well, far also, into it. It is just kind of cute to talk about. But, anyway. Jamal Murray um, does cheer for the Raptors. He oh, hundred percent, man! Yo, yeah. this this man is yeah. This yeah. Listen, uh, as, as I, most I'm, people I, in Southern I, Ontario, he claims Toronto. I have to go back to being. I'm. I, my official position is anti-Canadians playing for the Toronto Raptors, just because they're the Toronto Raptors. I think it's cool to see, you know, people be successful from the region and from the country all over the world in every industry. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jamal Murray is. He is, you know, an exception. What like? No, not an except, but like, yeah, he's like one of the best players, one of the best guards in the league. And I don't know, guard plays, guards are always more fun to cheer for. Yeah. Uh, if you want also to follow this path, Norman Powell shares the same agent with Shea Gilgis Alexander. So Utah Watanabe is also on that list. He's on the Raptors. Bruno was on this this list. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how agents get some of these guys, honestly. There's some people have very, very random clientele, but, uh, you can play this game all you want, honestly, realistically. Yeah, like, at least clutch makes sense because it's like we have all the best guys. And it's like, it's very true. I'll, I'll sign there. Like, who's the... Yeah. Does, does clutch have a white client? No, I'm just curious. I, I'm just asking you a question, that's all. I'll prefer all nothing. I don't know, probably Rachel Nichols is their only one. <laughs> it's Woj. It's Woj, yeah. Woj is their only white client. I think, I think Woj is CAA or something, but... It's wild, I, I, man. Some of these top hand reporters have client, are are in the agencies, and I'm like, that's that's wild. Like, what's Nobody gonna happen me, when LeBron James buys an NBA 
franchise, which, you know, that's a matter of time. He brings in uh, uh, James, jo- James Jones, the executive in Phoenix, yep. to run the team, hires Chris Paul to coach, and then it's just like we signed Clutch. All, all of Clutch, they're our clients, and uh, we're going to win, you know, nine titles. Like, LeBron James is set to become the new Dr. Buss, and that's kind of, like, frightening. Honestly, go for him, man. Yeah, I mean, true. Uh, Next question from Mike, also on Giannis. If Giannis signs with the Raptors next offseason, what would be your NBA all-time Raptors starting five on 2K? And who would be your five on the bench? Um, So this is specifically on 2K, so it's not necessarily the best five players. Yeah. It's it's who you would want to play with on a video game system. Uh, So obviously Giannis is on there. You know, uh, Pascal is on there. Um, Kawhi's on there. Damar is on there. And then, honestly, I you should have a guard, but realistically, some of these guys' handles are so good, you can just run point guard through them anyway. So I might just put, like, honestly, I'm sure rookie Tracy's quite fun to play with. I played with some of the throwbacks. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, I'm, good I might one. just go no point guard in the starting five. Sorry, Kyle, but honestly, Kyle on 2K, always trash. They always hate on Always Kyle. terrible. Can't make a yeah, single it's... layup. It's it's terrible. And he, and he misses <laughs> a lot of threes as well. It's hard to play with Kyle. Um, but oddly enough, I, I need I, I almost put Lou Williams on my starting five. Lou Williams in 2K15 was an Insane. automatic bucket. He, yeah. he blacks out. It's crazy. It's unbelievable, man. I don't understand. Like, yeah. this guy, I would drop, like, 50 with him. Like, it's – yeah, his yeah. mid-range was incredible for some reason. Um, off the bench, I'll played, like, put Kyle on the bench, but yeah. yeah, Kyle on the bench. I remember playing, I might have been like NBA Live, but Jalen Rose was phenomenal on the Raptors. Mm. I don't know why he's really, really, really like one of yeah. the best video game players. Um, that was a Raptor. Um, JV was also pretty decent on like JV 2K 14 great. 15. He dunked everything, uh, yeah, he dunked everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, how I many might... players do we have now? Seven. We're at seven. I, I might put Terrence Ross on the team. Oh, yeah. Also, 2K15, he was incredible on 2K. Also, you just want guys yeah. who can dunk. That's it. Dunk or shoot threes. Yeah. yeah. Like, J.R. Smith is, like, an incredible 2K player. <laughs> In real life. Um, I rem- yeah. I'm trying to think of <laughs> who else is really, really good uh, NBA 2K player for the Raptors. I mean, if it falls off a little bit. I mean, it does you, you might as well put Mark on there. Weirdly enough, I was playing with Mark on 2K. He can, like, dunk and stuff. And, can like, he? Jump I haven't played a, rec- a very recent 2K. Recent 2K. I remember yeah. my favorite 2K player ever was uh, 2K14 Josh Smith. That guy was Ooh. insane. It didn't yeah, make any sense. But he's, like, you know, he's the right build for 2K and the right style of play. I'm trying to think of a Raptor that is the most like Josh Smith. And we've never had anybody like, <laughs> like that <laughs> Yeah, we'll throw Jamari Moon on the uh, as the. No, actually, no, Bruno <laughs> Caboclo. I love playing with Bruno. I don't know why he had zero. What do you He was like a fifty-nine man. <laughs> I remember Gravis Vasquez was always like a decent, yeah. like a better than you'd expect shooter. But that's just stupid two K stuff. But like, yeah. oh, he's a point guard. He can shoot threes if, as long as they're open. Okay, I think uh, I'm done yeah. with this question. <laughs> quite solid. Of course, Giannis is on there too. Uh, yeah. Next question. We're going to, we move on to the James Harden portion of the podcast. This is from Fabio. Should we trade for Harden? What's the best acceptable package? I have constructed two packages that I think probably are the only two even close to realistic uh, trade offers that would be competitive. The first one, Pascal. You have to throw in Pat McCaw for salary filler. 
or if you want to put in Stanley Johnson instead, fine, whatever. But Pascal plus one of those two contracts, plus like three future firsts and a pick swap. And that's your offer. Um, that's one. And then the other mm-hmm. one is you trade Kyle Lowry, probably to a third team, because I don't know if Houston necessarily needs Kyle, considering they have John Wall as well, but yeah. maybe they take back Kyle. I don't know. But I could see a third team getting involved there. So I think Kyle would make a huge impact to obviously tons of teams ready to win the championship. Uh, you throw an OG into that trade that's going to Houston, throw in uh, your, your pick package, maybe like, you know, probably the same three picks and a swap. And then, you know, the the third team that receives Lowry would probably send a star-ish player to Houston, um, which honestly, not a fan of either of these two picks packages because I, I think if you make these trades the Raptors don't actually have a path to winning the championship either way yeah and you have put out so many of your assets that you know you actually have no realistic path this is putting aside the, whether James Harden will be happy and also compliant uh with yeah Toronto, that's, which that's is also like huge. to me right now the only things James Harden has demonstrated that he's interested in doing for the upcoming season is hanging out with rappers and sporting a beard. So my <laughs> offer, my opening offer for James Harden right now is Obi O'Brien. I, I, you know, straight up, no picks, no swaps, no nothing. You get Drake's red-haired friend who has a beard, hangs out in strip clubs, mm-hmm. is friends with a rapper, and we we trade we trade Obi O'Brien for James Harden. And the, if ba- if we get basketball from James Harden, that's a bonus to me. But we we just get a new member of Drake's posse. That's my uh, that's my offer. I think the James Harden stuff is really bad. I think that I hope and is he a serious player, man? Is does James Harden yeah. strike you as a guy that is interested in winning championships? Not the, not what he says. Not you know not putting his skill wise is insane. Like watching a James Harden warm up is almost as good as watching a Steph Curry warm up. All he's doing is you listening to beats and like wearing yeah. very short shorts and just hitting ridiculous bombs like sidestep. Freaking yeah. leaning, jumping out of the gym, kind of like yeah. from yeah. behind the backboard. I mean, he does all, he's incredible and skill wise is insane. But does he strike you as a player that seems very serious about winning? You know who I want to ask about this? Yeah. Um, and it's, they're actually maybe somebody that we can um, get is uh, Antwi. Uh, Antwi is a, he works for one of the Canada Basketball League teams as the uh, GM. But he played with James Harden, if I remember correctly, at Arizona, and he like okay. went to Naki. He's from Rexdale, and he's like a legend or up here. Right. But I'm curious, like to me, when I watch James Harden, James Harden is very focused on being an incredible basketball player at the mm-hmm. skills of basketball, being really, really, really good at them, and that has the had the effect of him being like, like freaking like the my, like I. I don't. I don't think I, I. don't like watching James Harden over the course of a game or the course of a season. But I like watching James Harden over the course of a game, especially a quarter when he like figures out how to break down an opposing yeah, team's yeah. defense and like win. Yeah, I think that's like yeah. it's crazy to watch. And I think that's what gets him excited. I don't think he really cares about winning at the highest level because it it goes out of his control. It's no longer about what he can do mm-hmm. because he is like one of the most offensively skilled players ever. Like he can score at every level. He can like his handle, his size, his shooting ability. He's like, it's, it's crazy. And he's proven that that, if that's what he was focused on, 
he got to the very highest level I think anybody's ever seen. But I don't think he's interested in like knowing how to drive a team, like how to manipulate manipulates not the mean word, but like to like pull the right levers with mm-hmm. this organization and the um, nine other guys that he plays with on a regular basis and the other people in the organization to align to winning. And uh, I don't know. I, I, he's really fascinating. I've never really, I don't think we've ever really seen a player who was as, it's kind of like the same thing as like Russell Westbrook, like Russell Westbrook committed to doing a very important basketball thing, but not necessarily winning. And it has the effect of him being, yeah, like a top 50 all timer, but he'll probably never win a championship. And that's like hard to reconcile. But uh, do I want James Harden in Toronto? Maybe because I'm not, I don't need to see a team win a title anymore because I saw that happen. I mean, what, what I hated if James came to Toronto? No, well, of course. I mean, he's like one of the top five best players in the NBA. Yeah. Maybe top, maybe top six, top seven. Um, no, so I would still say top five. Top five. I, is, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. He's probably top five. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't see it as like you make these moves and then you're stuck. You don't have a, a path to the championship after that. I just genuinely don't think you'd have it. And it's not like I don't believe James Harden is like a playoff player. I think he has great moments in the playoffs. He's also has some horrendous moments in the playoffs, but whatever. He's still generally speaking of a good player in the playoffs, but there's just a lot of ifs you need to, I think in the Kyle trade, you have to keep Kyle in order to have someone like Kyle. I think he would pair well with James, but I also think you need the the structure in place. You need the the core in place. Cause I think you need two things to win a championship. You need like obviously star talent and and a supporting cast that works, but I also think you need like actual culture of winning and like people that are committed to executing that and everyone having the same vision and focus and yeah i just i, I don't know it's harder to incorporate that with yes yeah. that's all it's it is no wonder that you have and like this is like a very trite answer but like it's no surprise that every person who works for an organization gets a championship ring when they mm-hmm. when they win because it's like it's a giant it's a it's a way bigger deal than the you know, you know, nine guys who play games in the finals. Like it's like this huge commitment. And maybe, maybe it's true that adding James Harden to an organization is so toxic that it crosses off your ability to win, but that doesn't speak against the fact that he's like one of the most compelling basketball players of all time, like skill, like watching them play. It's just, it's crazy. He can do everything. He, He can. He's an incredible scorer. Um, yeah, he can do everything with, with, with the ball in his hands on the offense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to go a little bit quicker through the rest of the questions. Uh, from Marcelo, with NBA now blocking uh, India League Pass, what are our alternatives? I mean, quite honestly, NBA streams.xyz was quite reliable for me. Um, <laughs> I, I had League Pass. Sometimes I just watched the free stream anyway. It was that similar in quality. You don't get to pause and rewind, but it was quite good. And it was also free as long as you turn off the, the chat on the side, which is always toxic online. But it was quite solid, man. Uh, you have cable, so you yeah, I have cable. You don't I, don't, I mean, I don't get the struggle. I have cable and league pass. Rest so, in peace, you know. Goat D, man. That was my that was my spot before uh, 
Remember, do you remember when like NBA streams were on YouTube, but they had like yeah. they'd have it like Dinos versus Runners for a Raptors Pacers game? Just like <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, it'd be creative. like lep- Leprechaun versus uh, Lightning. It's like oh, Celtic Thunder. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I thought that was an NHL game. Uh, Land <laughs> Lander as uh, Masai versus Presti. Who is the best? We all know, but tell the people there's levels to this. Um, yeah, of course. I think it's Masai, man. First time Masai actually built a championship team. Um, Presti did a really yeah. good job of, obviously, he had an unbelievable run drafting. Unbelievable, right? Kevin Durant yep. at two, which may be a little bit of a layup, but still, Kevin Durant at two, Russell Westbrook at four. That was incredible because at the time, yep. people did not – he was not like Russell Westbrook at UCLA. He was yep. um, very un- – He was like Kevin – he was uh, Kevin Love's sidekick. He was ke- very much Kevin Love's sidekick. Um and then James Harden, great pick as well. I think yeah. at three. And that's where th- I want James Harden to end up. They have the picks to get him back. James oh. Harden to OKC. Let's start it. <laughs> I, I could see James Sorry. being very miserable. I, I, I don't know how many rappers are in OKC, quite honestly. Um, and then, um, and then Serge Ibaka at I believe eighteen. That's unbelievable too. Afterwards, it has been a slew of bricks. I, 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 Steven Adams, we just talked about. Steven the, Adams, when Masai himself in the open gym video is like, oh, they're going to take Giannis. And they didn't. Yeah. They took Steven Adams, which is fine. Steven Adams at 12, perfectly reasonable pick. Yeah. It, it just sucks that Giannis, Not Giannis, you yeah. missed on Giannis there. And then you look at some of the other picks, it's bad. I think that's why Presti has actually made trades to acquire 20 future first round picks because he can't trust is himself it, to use is those it really properly. Up to 20? <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's like at least 15 at this point, man. What is going to happen? Like, I don't know what you're going to do. Here's the thing. When you when you acquire that many more, there has to be diminishing returns. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think yeah. each individual pick is worth as much as if you just had that one. I think the, the marginal difference between, like, getting the 15th pick versus getting the first additional pick is quite big. Also, do you have to hire, like, more scouts? Because you're like, how? <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> you know they're basically like a they're basically like the g league select team at this point like yeah like should they get two g league teams like should they have two they might need teams then like is that like a superpower like do they just get two g league i don't know i think there should be a cap on how many future picks you get as a franchise because that just this just throws the draft out of whack at, at a certain point if he does like next summer he does the same thing which i don't see why he wouldn't but next summer, if he does the same process and ends up with, like, 25 surplus picks in the first round, like, it's just going to be weird, man. And also, he's going to have so many picks that teams are going to offer him less to get those picks. I really do believe that. Or maybe they yeah, won't. I don't know. But, but, you know. Yeah, like, what if you have – and if you have, like, more than three of them hit, like, what do you do? You're like – you can't keep all twenty. You can't keep twenty five first round picks that work out. Well, you can't that. keep eight of them. Like if you have eight guys who work out, you have to get rid of two of them. Minute like three. Yeah. You can't. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Also, like you don't have the same op- like developmental opportunity to offer all these guys at the same time. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe, maybe he was. Maybe it was wrong. Maybe uh. But New Orleans feels right. New Orleans feels like a good idea. Because well, they don't have that. Yeah, it's way fewer picks. It's it's a little different. I feel with New Orleans, they have the core pieces in place. 
So they're going to use those picks eventually to get other players, which I think is actually quite reasonable. That's a good team building strategy. Without that central star, you're just kind of recycling. And I don't know. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, New Orleans also got the number one pick and and took Zion. So, And they had AD to trade. So that's a much better starting point than the OKC Thunder. Except for the fact that OKC Thunder also had like three NBA uh, MVPs on their team. And of course, uh, Presti also made the Harden trade, which... uh, you can say, okay, management was cheap or whatever, but, like, you should have figured out a way to make that work, man. Do you think they would have won a title? Yes. Just wave Kendrick Perkins. I think that that was that was enough. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, okay, they next? retired what's... Nick Collison's jersey, which, you know, come on, man. We, I mean, that's, okay. I'm, I'm against that. <laughs> yeah, I, I am too. But, and, but, mm-hmm. if... If the Raptors organization wanted to like split number fifteen and it's like seventy percent Vince and five percent and thirty percent Amir Johnson, I think they'd be okay with it. No, you got to leave another like two percent for Jorge Garbosa. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he was a contributor to a forty-seven win team. Yeah, uh, I'm so I, it still hurts me to this day that he broke his leg, especially in that fashion. Uh, we're moving. What was on the to... question? Did we answer it? It was uh, like it was do Presti, we Presti versus Masai. Yeah, like uh, when Presti like. Uh, brings basketball to a continent, I will uh, give him his mm. flowers, but mm. I don't know if he's going to Antarctica or what. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question comes from the unofficial um, Aaron Baines Club, fan club. Oh, hey, hi, Baines Fan Club. Come on the show. Come on the show. Call in. Call into the show. Um, do, do a voice reveal. I don't know if that's already happened. I don't listen to other sports really, podcasts. Yeah, I really don't know. Um, he asks how many or he or she honestly i don't know who's behind this account uh they they ask uh how many games do you think it will take aaron baines to break the franchise record for points scored wearing the jersey number 46 so i'm not actually sure what that means in terms of is is it the franchise is it the record for a player wearing 46 and that is the franchise record for just people wearing number 46 like the record for number of points scored wearing number 23 i think is 69 by by uh by by MJ or you know what that is or is it just yeah. a franchise record for the Raptors um honestly Aaron Bates' career high he said it last year 37 points with nine threes this is against I believe Portland actually yeah it was definitely Portland because it was uh what's his name Hassan Whiteside playing defense <laughs> but um but uh but, but no yeah. one's ever played 46 for the Raptors That's I'm looking true. at BK ref so I guess true. his first basket a legend Aaron Baines will become a legend uh what's the question record for Raptors 46 it just says break the franchise record for points scored wearing jersey number 46 I don't if you put a comma in there then it would clarify the question a little bit but no one no one according to basketball reference no Raptor has ever worn has any NBA player worn 46 oh I don't know. Other than Aaron Baines, who I believe wore it before. Dennis Bell. Only four players have won the number 46. Okay, who are they? They are Dennis Bell. This I'm seeing a grainy photo of like the 1940s. All right. His career, he averaged 2.8 points, so I doubt it was him. Um, what? Who others? Three other players. If that's the most notable, then we can kind of assume. But... Uh, Aaron Baines, Dennis Bell, Jason Collins. It'd be hilarious if we found out that, like, oh, 
John Collins. Oh, Jason Contra? Collins. Okay, that's. But Jason Collins never scored. Who? John Conchar. No, but is, I feel like he sounds he played... like a front office executive. To be honest, <laughs> he is currently with the Memphis Grizzlies, and wait, this guy looks playing like he, right now. He looks, yeah, he looks a little bit like a front office executive. To be honest, John Conchar. John Conchar. Yes, you don't know about John Conchar. Was it? They were. When was they? When was he drafted? Last he uh, he wasn't drafted. He was undrafted, but he uh, he played last year. He came in. Um, Played 19 games. Wow. Okay. We should really know was, John Conchar. Was he in the bubble? I mean, I guess so. He was on the Did he opt in? Uh, but did he opt into the bubble? Did he stay home? Man, okay. There's a lot of research. Let me let me go in. It's a, I mean, I don't, I don't, know. I don't remember Bates seeing do him. Before. He was in the bubble. Yes, he, he was in the bubble. He didn't play against Toronto, but uh, he was in the bubble. He played a grand total of 13 minutes. So Jason Collins' career high was 20 points. That's tough. I might take. I might take. You can't play like two decades. <laughs> you can't play two decades of the NBA and only come out with twenty points as a career high, man. That's at least one night you had to have like an Aaron Baines moment, man. Come on. But it's gonna take Aaron Baines a little while to score twenty points on this Raptors team. Fair enough. Uh, Bo Outlaw. He was Bo Outlaw was probably the best forty six before Aaron Baines. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe even yeah. better than Aaron Baines, quite honestly. But uh, I don't know. I mean, searching up Bo Outlaw career high. 25 points? Is, is that it? Boala's, his career high is 25? You searched it? 29. 29 against the Mavericks That's in 1998. So, honestly, I think Aaron Baines already has the record for the, the, the best uh, scoring output wearing number 46. Go for him, man. And by, by, by far, too. 37 is... is, is That's, That's a real high. number. Yeah. What okay. do you think his career high, what his season high will be this year? Aaron Baines? Yeah. Like 26? Okay. I was going to say 30, but, I, I, you know, I don't really see a game where he needs to score 30. Yeah, I'm thinking like, yeah, like 26. It's like 26 and 12. That's like big mm. game. You give him like I don't get the opportunity. You're and you're you're doing the post game show. Like I'm gonna give the first start to Aaron Baines. You know, don't get to give him the first start that often, but he was great on both ends of the floor. Totally shut down. Uh, I'm Carl Anthony Thomas, and uh, oh come he, on, man. I'm I, I I should say that I am cheering for Cat this year. It's been a tough one for him, and yeah. you know, as much as I don't like you know love his basketball game, I, you you can't help but cheer for a guy who's been through what he's been through mm-hmm. but uh he's still the kind of guy that the raptors you know pick on and yeah that's true I'm, I, I don't i, I don't hope yeah. yeah i can see it that's what i'm saying um yeah like 20 seconds yeah i think he has like a, a couple good games but yeah. does he ever need to score 30 with no i don't really see why yeah i'll, I'll go with 30 you're going with 26 we'll see at the season then uh, next question from gene which with Ibakagon, who has the best fits on the team any predictions for this year's most improved drip? It's tough, actually. I, I did some research into this. I think my answer might be Stanley Johnson. Um, that's not a bad answer. He's not what? unfashionable. Yeah, you can put OG on there. It's more of a high fashion thing with OG, part meme, part high fashion. Bembry look, dresses cool sometimes. DeAndre Bembry. Okay, hold on. Let me look up his Instagram. Okay, because it's not any of the other returning players because they're all wearing their own sweaters and stuff with their own personal logos. 
which is cool, but it's just not necessarily stylish. Okay, Bembry got a couple fits, yeah. Bembry looks like he listens to like a lot of, um, you know, at like Atlanta rappers. He looks like I, he looks cool. Okay, we'll give it to Bembry. He has one of his stories is called Drip God, so. <laughs> There you go. That that's what it takes. But honestly, Raptors in terms of drip pretty low on the list. You remember like Eric Moreland was one of the best dressers. Yeah. Which I, I, I didn't understand because you know, not to count a man's money, but he just wasn't making that much money. Yeah. But so where was he getting that drip from? He's like you know, yeah. Is is he still in the NBA? Probably not. No, I think last time I checked he was playing Europe. Um, Eric Moreland, where are you right now? NBA champion, by the way. Eric NBA Moreland. champ. No, he is playing in China. Wow, he's playing in. Shout out, Shanxi. Okay, all right, good for him, man. Um, How, what's he doing? In, I'm gonna look up his Shanxi numbers. Eric Moreland. Yeah, I don't. This know. is the quality audio content people, uh, you know, can't wait for the culture to come back to listen to. He's uh, he scored fourteen point five points, fourteen point eight rebounds, and two assists. That's not that's pretty good. good. No, that's not no, bro. He's like a productive player. I guess it's not like phenomenal for Chen Chi, but I'm just saying, man. It, it, well, who else, who else is on that team? Are there any other NBA quality guys? Um, Jamal Franklin, Malcolm Thomas, campaign played there. Wow, what? But are, are like are games. on the team right now? It's uh, uh, a lot of questions. I don't even think Eric on that team actually. He's not on the team as I see it. Oh, Jamal Franklin's curious, on that team. Like, he's the leading scorer at twenty nine points per game. Okay, so there's a guy who's scoring all the points. That was my Always, question. Yeah, yeah. Is like there a guy who's is he averaging fourteen and leading the team, or is he averaging fourteen and? Is the no. third option on a team with like a couple of NBA talents? There's always like a former coll- collegiate guard that's yeah. in, that's in a Chinese team. That's Speaking of like college guards, who's going to average a ton of points? We got a shout out to Ahmed Ali from Varna Drive from Jungle. He just they uh, Port- Portland University just oh. beat. Uh, he had the game um, winner, right? Yeah, beat Oregon. That guy. Shout out to top five. Shout out to everybody <laughs> on Varna Drive. Terry Porter. Terry Porter, he's kicking ass. I love that team. I hope that they're able to make some noise this year. Shout out to Ahmed, dude. Um, yeah. Ahmed, I, I, I mean, not to down talking, but I would be, his destiny is probably to play internationally, but I think he's going to put up buckets because he's the guy who scored like 100 in a collegiate game in Ontario. All like right. He's a legend. I'll give him some food recommendations in Chen Xi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next one from uh, Blueski underscore Bo. Uh, will Malachi Flynn have better waves than Fred Van Blue by the end of the season? Josh, I'll defer to you on this. What was the question? Did did would Will Malachi Flynn have better waves than Fred Van Bleep by the end of the season? Let me tell that he that, that that does need to happen. Um, you think so? That does need yeah. Like it's it's a shame that Malachi will not be Malachi is such a mixed kid name, man. Um, it's a shame that they're not living in uh, Toronto. Mm. Uh, this season because i think malika flynn will benefit very much from the culture here um you know yeah but yeah i, mean, I think gonna, yeah i think gonna it, be in like tampa as well like they're, you know actually I, I, to be honest i don't know about tampa i'm thinking miami never mind 
Well, Jacksonville, like uh, Duval County has like um, West Indian, West Indians in it. I don't know anything about uh, Tampa, but um, yeah, I think that, I think that uh, Fred Van Vliet's going to, that's going to be the influences. Hey, you're light skin. You got to start acting like it. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, they do call him Brad Van Vliet. So, um, you know, he's got to live up to the moniker, but honestly, Fred, man, it's a high bar. That's all I'm saying. It's a high bar. Facts. Yeah. Uh, next one from Barry Lee Myers is Cafe Four One Six up and running this season, um, as we have learned from the Open Gym documentary. Bobby Webster is kind of like an adorable nerd. Um, he he loves to make his own coffee, which honestly, I mean, I do that every morning as well. Maybe I'm not talking about the the, the puck um, as much, but. Um, I mean, I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, he. I think if he brought it to the bubble, I don't see why he wouldn't bring it to, to Tampa. Um, whether he's going to be serving people, I'm not totally sure. I think maybe he probably doesn't have the time for that. But it was cute. It was cute. Yeah. What do I you think, think of the name Cafe Four One Six? Like you, I think it sounds like a dispensary on Front Street. But <laughs> um, yeah. everybody's wearing. Everyone in line is wearing beanies. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, I'm trying to think. What do I? Yeah, I mean, I hope that they, I hope that the Raptors do whatever it takes to get through what'll be a very difficult and uncomfortable season, um, with whatever creature comforts that they can bring in. I think this is a nice question, and I don't really have an answer for it because I'm just hoping that everybody has a nice time away from their families, mm-hmm. um, and trying not to get a very deadly uh, disease. Yes, that is running rampant all across uh, the United States. Um, you think LeBron James has already been vaccinated? Um, maybe. I, I saw the report yesterday about how the NBA anticipates a lot of players um, being resistant to taking a vaccine and hesitant about it. And that's a little disappointing, to be honest. But I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. There's so much misinformation out there that like, I'm sure people are like, already skeptical of needles in the first place and then they're like well you know i read this thing on instagram or like this like loosely researched thing and i'm like all right so just gonna ignore like literally a modern miracle of science the only member of like pro sports medical staff that i would not trust if they told me to take the vaccine is the doctor for the los angeles Chargers, who ended tyrod taylor's career earlier this year by puncturing his lung so that's the only doctor that i'm not listening to Okay. That, uh, if Alex me says, take this vaccine, I'm taking that vaccine. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Alex um, asks, what are your thoughts on Jurgen Klopp potentially making a formation change for their match against Fulham after their 1-1 draw against FC Michelin? Um, this is incredible research by Alex. Uh, I, he's, I'm FC trying to get him Michelin. on. FC Michelin, yes, they're a Danish team. They're quite good. Fun fact, FC Michelin had the same uh, throwing instructor, throwing coach as Liverpool. Um, you know, as you, as you understand, uh, there is advantages to be had in, in football, and apparently learning how to take throw-ins is, is one of them. I thought that was just something that everyone inherently knew how to do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they played okay, to be honest. It was a fun game. Um, I mean, to be if you if you're really asking Alex, uh, Liverpool has played more than the standard four 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 three three this season. They've also played a four two three one to incorporate uh, Diego Jota into the team. 
when in addition to their three players up front. But honestly, I mean, they're proven quite adaptable this year. Played a couple different styles, obviously lots of injuries. And um, yeah, fully expecting them to uh, get screwed by VAR against Fulham and somehow drop. That VAR, like, that was a it's real horrible, dog's man. breakfast. It's was horrible. it last week, last Saturday, or the Saturday before that? It was the Saturday before that, yeah. Yeah, last that Saturday, was really bad. One for nothing, so. That's know. right, yeah, yeah. That was really bad. Yeah. All right, we're going to race through a couple more questions here. Next one from Brune. Do Raptors games become less enjoyable to watch when you are focusing on analyzing them rather than just watching them? As a fan, say maybe slightly. Um, you know, I think for every Raptor fan, maybe you skip a couple of games just because they're, they're trash. I'm watching them through the end, which sometimes hurts. Like if the Raptors are like, like there was like a game last year, they were getting washed. Um, which game did they get washed last year? The Boston game in the beginning of yeah, the bubble? On, on Christmas, for example. Oh, you Christmas, know, they got yeah. washed, right? And you might want to turn that game off. Not turn that game off, so maybe that's not <laughs> trouble there. But no, I, I I think the it's very lucky that the Raptors are quite good. They're quite interesting to study. So I think that for me helps. But I just, I don't know. I, I love basketball. Also, basketball happens in the wintertime. There's not much you're doing in the winter. Yeah. So you might as well watch Raptors. So no, I, I don't think it diminishes it for me, which is quite fortunate. I know some people don't yeah. like, but I like I don't like watching games live with um like analysis. I find it I'm not I'm not that good at watching games and like recognizing, you know, plays developing, but I really appreciate like people like Brad um at uh what True Hoops. Like too the content hoops. that too much hoops, sorry. Uh True Hoops uh whatever. They're all, all the names so similar. Um, <laughs> we really gotta diversify. <laughs> everything's like true ball swish flat. It's just all the same. Yeah. Anywho, I really like content makers like that who, um, you know, there's some things that I can like recognize by watching, but who go through with a flat toothed comb and sort of pick out all the stuff that you missed. I find that really interesting. Um, but I, I don't think I am or ever will be fast enough at watching games to like pull them apart that same way live. But maybe one day. Yeah. Do you um, find like you're able to see like, oh, they ran floppy there or they're doing like a horn set and there's a dribble hand. Like you can't watch a game and see it each time. It's like the third I, I or fourth time. Know, I, yeah. I, I generally know what they're doing. Yep. Um, I think some things are very obvious to recognize. Yeah. Uh, and I think especially if you watch a lot of games, but especially if you watch games where it's explained to you like, they, mm-hmm. you know, they flow into this, they flow into that. Um, you know, what, what they're trying to do with setting the post up. Uh, you can recognize a lot of their plays, quite honestly, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, but also, like, more than half of them are just, like, dribble hand off into a pick and roll or just pick and roll. So, or two screens <laughs> into a pick and roll. Like, it's not as hard. I mean, it's it is, yeah, not it running is intricate really... offense. I'll say that and much. it's a copycat league, and you see, like, okay, this team's going to run a Spain pick and roll, and it looks this mm-hmm. way. And then next week, you see another team run the same play, but it looks a little bit different because they have slightly different per- personnel. And then um, you'll have, yeah, it's a lot of the, a lot of the pick and roll offense is fairly clear to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's the thing is, and I can you know all the Raptors plays because you see them run them yeah. all the same, the same time all of the time. But I think it's easy to recognize like what specifically they're doing. I think the harder thing is the reason why they're running a play specific for the way they do. So, like, hmm. there's, if you can run a pick and roll, you can run a pick and roll many different ways. Uh, but you can run a pick and roll with the empty side, so there's like no one in the corner. There's less help coming over. 
you can run in the middle of the floor where you kind of expect help. Maybe you're trying to cook, cook a corner or something like that. You can also, it's also a lot dependent on how the defense is playing them. So you could they run specific offense to counter certain defenses, things like that. I think the why is a lot harder to recognize than the what. The what is generally pretty yeah. standard. There's only like, you know, five or six plays really that, that really constitute what. Uh, yeah, the the reason why is is much more interesting, and I think that's probably harder to figure out when you're in the moment because sometimes you're not you don't recognize. Okay, yeah, there is a shooter on this side. There's two on this side. That's why they swung the ball. Maybe they might have to go on this side so they can get an advantage on the other side driving. You, you know, that's something you can watch back and find. But when you're watching it in the moment, generally speaking, you know what they're doing. It's just not why. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Kevin asks, uh, how do reporters cover training camp when you're not there in person to watch practice or camp? I'm going to tell you, quite honestly, most people don't get to watch practices. Um, they open the gym eventually, but that's after practice is done. You can see players working out, training. Sometimes they're still doing drills, but for the most part, they're not. Um, and, yeah, the only thing I'm really missing out on is last year they did an intra-squad game at Laval University. That was oh, quite yeah. useful. Didn't get to see that this year. They already had their intra-squad game, um, and I don't think it was broadcast, so no one got to see it. But otherwise, it's uh, still mostly the same. You're just on Zoom calls, asking questions, and um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, try not to piss any of the athletes off. <laughs> that was unfortunate, man. That was unfortunate. <laughs> I, 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 come on, Mike. I, I don't. I don't, Mike. You know, yeah. He, uh, he had some. He had, he had good intentions with that question. It just came out weirdly. Um, yeah. Josh asks if you had a sister, which Raptor player would you want her to marry? Um, I mean, okay, you know, putting it aside, you know, the, <laughs> I oh god, oh no, um, I don't know. This is I don't whoever they fell in love with, and then hopefully not the you know I would oh, I don't not answer wow. this. Um, <laughs> someone in the reply said not Terrence Davis, which I yeah, I, I mean with that one. I goes with, without saying. I, I came up with the top three. Uh, if, again, just to entertain the question, yeah. uh, I had Fred is probably number one. Yeah, I mean, but they he has a, a wife. I, no, I know, but just you know, this is like just imaginary. Like the oh, Bachelor yeah, style. Like, okay, yeah, sure. if it was on the Bachelor, who would win? I, if the Raptors had a, the Bachelor as a show, by the way, or I guess this would be the Bachelorette. Um, I would actually very much like to see that. But uh, I think Fred will finish in the top three. Just uh, honestly, just a very you know, secure dude. Seems like he manages finances well. Yeah. Um, on top of things, seems like a great father. Pascal, um, just like a really warm, family-oriented guy. Uh, seems like a sweetheart, to be honest. So I'm putting Pascal on this list. And then Aaron Baines, um, he's a late addition to this list because he's spoken at length about his wife in the two um, in the two press conferences so far. Um, it's not and quite. It's not. His- it's not quite Chance the Rapper with I Love My Wife, but, you know, Aaron Baines very much loves his wife and is very adorable, man. Also, they just had a new baby recently, so congratulations. Congrats. Um, for my sister, uh, the only answer I have is uh, Norm Powell because it'd be nice to, uh, you know, Jamaican man, not much, uh, you know, like cultural differences that we'd have to overcome, uh, other reasons, and Norm Powell seems like a cool guy. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Two more questions. One from Jay. Blake spilled the beans on your Rolson poker Saturday nights. Wow. He really did spill the beans because uh, it, it is called the, the Rolson back table, back yep. room um, poker game. Um, who's the best player in that group? We want no, Joshua. And, bad beats and bad bluffs. 
Josh, you're you're probably on the bad bluffs beat, uh, you know, on that side of things. Um, definitely, you know, you're an aggressive player. Sometimes it flames out for you. I would say the best players, I mean, just going off results, the final three are usually me, Alex, this other guy named DF West, who if you are a loyal watcher of um, Runner Back, he was yeah. on one of those episodes. He said, scared money don't make money like 16 times. Um, Shout out to and- us. And then that Blake's probably. Fourth. I miss the Yahoo office. I miss it. Too. Yeah, Blake's yeah. good. Vivek's not bad. Vivek's not bad. Um, he's not bad. Yeah. But. I hate poker. It's just like so, like especially the like. I thought that we'd be there and chatting in like a voice room when I the one day I played. I like, no, no, I no. this interface is straight from two thousand and four. Yeah, it's terrible. I was like, I, this isn't <laughs> fun. I'm I'm gonna like start like anytime I have an okay hand, I'm going all in. I'm trying to get out of here. Yeah. Um, the, the worst player, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say it's you, but uh, it's probably Joe Wolfon, which oh. is it's unfortunate because I think he knows how to play and he wants to play well. But <laughs> as, you know, he's a big fan of the Indiana Pacers and very much like the Indiana Pacers, he's always the first round out. <laughs> so sorry, Joe. Yeah. Uh, and then last question comes from uh, Sahal. Uh, as okay, Sahal. Where do you rank Haka on your cuisine list? Think carefully about this. People are watching. <laughs> Where do I rank it? Yeah. I came up with a top five, but I wanted to hear yours first. You have a top five cuisines? I have a top five cuisines. I did research for this. I did more research for the personal questions than I did for the Raptor questions. Um, I don't know. Um, I, really, I, I guess I like West Indian food the most mm-hmm. then i like like italian food then like i was in thailand earlier this year and had some like incredible thai food so that's there and then haka food and like i would put haka food right before i put like mainstream like indian food the kind you get at you know all of the places on uh, the on bloor street at christie <laughs> i really like lynn garden like lynn garden is one of the best restaurants in toronto um, and I'm sure that's what Sahal wants me to say. And I also agree that people who do not like Lynn Garden are wrong. Um, but I don't have a list of cuisines that I like the most. What's your list of top five cuisines? Uh, I have my number one. Honestly, my number one is Xinjiang, uh, Xinjiang food or, or Wager food. Um, mm. It's fantastic. It is really delicious. I don't know if you have many chances to have it. But there's some pretty good spots. There's one in downtown. It's decent. But the best one, I think, is probably Scarborough. Um, mm-hmm. Jamaican, I have number two. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely up there. Um, you know, I have Mexican food on this list. I, I don't know. To be honest, I just, you know, I mean, the, the one thing you got to recognize is like most of the food, so much of the food that is eaten around the world originated yeah. in uh, Mexico. Yeah. And so I think there's a great culture there. I have Korean on this list. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like Korean food has as much range, but uh, what they do well, I really, really enjoy. And then probably I put Vietnamese food on here too. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good answer. Yeah. I, I mean, the curries are fantastic. Um, obviously, I love noodles. Yeah. So that's my list. Haka but how do you feel about Hakka food? Hakka is not. It's definitely the top like 10. Food? It's definitely. Yeah, the top, it's I mean, delicious. just based on the flavors I put, put in here, there's a lot of spicy stuff. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, I think, pretty significant. Three of the five are Asian. So, you know, it's definitely on there. And it's 
Hakka food is not similar to Vietnamese, but definitely some crossover there. Yeah. Similar-ish area. Yeah, I really I really like Lynn Garden. I tried to go out there earlier this at lockdown, but it didn't work out. But Hakka number one has a couple locations. There's one at a Weston and Finch, another one at Keelan Keelan Lawrence. Mm. Restaurant recommendations. I mean, that's half of what we do on the show, anyways. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that, is that your standard <laughs> suggestion this week? Go get some Huckabee? Lynn Garden. Yeah, it might be. It might be. All right. No, I have the Stanley suggestion. Okay. What? Well, what is the Stanley suggestion? We've uh, we've gone on quite long. So, my Stanley suggestion this week is uh, Stanley Johnson. You got to fight Paul Watson Jr. He completely <laughs> stole your limelight. It's not even close. I thought that there was an open competition between you and Paul Watson for being. Um, a three off the bench and it's like you're already sort no. of out of that conversation and that's come on bro you gotta have some more uh some more respect because it's it's looking rough out for stanley johnson and i don't like it's like paul Watson has done nothing like clearly he's done nothing to like <laughs> yo listen it, it's, it's more stanley sexy to be game. a unknown than it is to be a known not and not great. that good yeah and it's just like that like well, stanley johnson you have to take it personally because if this happens to you your career is probably done and that's like those are just facts and that sucks but it's crazy the last three weeks it's been like who is stanley johnson we have paul watson like is paul watson Watson really that guy well a lot of people are excited i think there's reason to be excited again he's still very unknown which really does help i can't stress that enough it helps to not be known to be bad yeah uh, and yeah but but do you think it's like it you he also has skills that he has skills that i think would translate better to a role player than you than you would yeah, maybe yeah, expect like, from stanley who has a hard time playing off the ball yeah 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 but it's it's whatever stanley johnson you got you have to <laughs> You like you have to take it personally. I don't know what like what the drills you guys are doing, but you have to be better than Paul Watson in every one of them because if he gets your minutes, that's blouses for your career. So um, yeah, do you you agree? Right? Like it's uh yeah probably <laughs> okay. I, I I yeah I mean I think if you can't develop with the Raptors, that's kind of an indictment against you. But yeah. I, I still I still see a chance for Stanley. But I agree if he does get beaten out again by Paul Watson or some other people, then it's gonna be quite tough, man. Yeah. So you're, you're, um, you got a real suggestion yeah. for Stanley. Your real suggestion. My is real to, suggestion to is work hard next week. All right, fair enough. No, that's a very good suggestion. That's a very also. Good I don't know, like you know, enjoy your holidays. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, yeah, you've yeah. taken advantage of uh, Black Friday sales and you've gotten the. There, it seems like he had, may have a girlfriend, but I've done some stuff you post on social media. Hopefully, you got her something nice. Um, I would say what I got my girlfriend on this podcast, but she listens, so oh, yeah, you tried it. Um, but you know, <laughs> hopefully, I don't know, I don't know what what uh, your girlfriend likes. So, uh, have a Merry Christmas, Stanley. That's yeah. my suggestion. Have a Merry Christmas, <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know what necessarily is there is to say, but um, it I have found it odd that not a single person has talked about Stanley at all. At all? At all. I've been in all these Zoom calls. Not a single person was talking about him. Not seeing footage of this guy either, so I'm not really sure what's going on. But um, honestly, 
My suggestion, just wear a mask, keep washing your hands here in Florida. Just be safe. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. I just I, I hope the best for your health. That's all. So that's fair enough. All right. Well, that does it for the podcast. Josh, thank you as always for coming on. Um, enjoy Rexdale and your holidays. We'll obviously be speaking before then, but uh, for sure. Anything, uh, anything you want to leave the listeners with? Uh, you know, wash your hands, uh, follow wash the your hands. public health individual uh, representatives. Be responsible when you see your family, man. Please. Truly. Please. Yeah. Um, happy Hanukkah to those who are celebrating. Definitely. Um, yeah. You know, be kind. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, stage, you know, huh? use, okay. use Manscaped. Is that still the sponsor for the show? uh not currently so oh shit but okay, i mean well, honestly uh, the, it's it's fine man thank you manscaped for previously sponsoring the show uh maybe if you want to come back that'd be cool or is there is this going to be advertised against do i have to shout somebody else out uh i don't know we might be kind of in an in-between period but all right you know we enjoy well manscaped. yahoo you, can say that, go, yeah. you know go to yahoo and advertisers imagine me and will reading your copy here definitely that could be you Listen, honestly, every single copy I read becomes a meme. So it's true. Banger after banger. And nothing is more effective in advertising than memes. So go out there and sponsor us. That's it. So thanks everyone for listening. Josh, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow, honestly, on Saturday to do the Raptors Reaction Podcast, the first of the 2020 2021 season. The Raptors are set to take on awesome. LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. What a weird team. <laughs> so uh, awesome. I can't wait. Well, I love the reaction podcast. It's my you know my it's my favorite show on the feed. And uh you're gonna do great. Thank third, you. third season at Yahoo. Yeah. And fifth season overall, fourth fourth season overall. So honestly, I think we're going back to twenty sixteen. So I think this might be the, the fifth season now. Incredible. You've made yeah. yourself a household name. Shout out to Norma. Somebody in my like day job said, "Oh, I listened to the podcast." I'm like, "Whoa!" And uh, I guess she got into she got into it listening to your reaction show. So, nice. shout out to you, Norma. But shout out to you, Will, for the reaction podcast. I am an avid listener, um, and I it's you know it's grown your career. It's given me the sports media job, and uh, people love it. So, congrats on the beginning of another exciting season for you. You uh, really are the best, best right. in the game. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, right. Appreciate everyone for listening. And um, yeah, listen tomorrow. The rack pot is back, man. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 